Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's give him some praise in the house this morning. We love you, Lord. We praise you, mighty God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We glorify you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Welcome to East Wind Live. Hallelujah. Doesn't it feel good to worship with the live singers here? Be in the house of the Lord. We are truly blessed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Before we're seated, we just want to go to the Lord in prayer. I don't have any spoken requests this morning, but if you've got an unspoken request, just make it known by the uplifting of the hand. Amen. Let's take our petitions to the Lord right now and let's ask him to move in this service. Amen. God, we love you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, for your goodness and for your mercies. God, we believe in you. We trust in you. Lord, we know that you're the prayer answering God. We pray for every unspoken request that was represented by the uplifted hand. God, you know all things. You're the healer. You're the way maker. You're the provider. Whatever the need is today, O oh Lord, we bring it boldly unto the throne room of grace. For you're the ever-present help in the time of need. And God, we pray for this service, especially today. Speak to hearts, O oh God. Change lives, O oh Lord, like only you can do. And we'll give you all the thanks and all the praise and all the glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And let everybody shout, Amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated this morning. Amen. Just want to remind you about a few things of this upcoming week. Don't forget our e-chat. How many loves the e-chats we have on Sunday evenings? Those are awesome. I love them. Probably my favorite. The Sunday night e-chats at 6.30. Tonight it's going to be live with Brother John Wolfram. You're not going to want to miss that. E-Global is our theme for this coming week. Our 7 o'clock services each night uh, online. Don't forget to tune in. We're going to start it off Monday with Brother Bruce Howe. He's our Director of uh, Foreign Missions. Uh, on Tuesday night, it'll be Nathan Herod. Wednesday night, Brian Ath Abernathy. Uh, Thursday night will be James Corbin. And then we'll close it off with uh, who everybody knows on Friday, Brother Charles Robinette. Amen. Don't you love Brother Robinette? He's awesome and uh, no stranger to this church. Amen. Next Sunday, we're going to be having the same format, the 8, 10, and 12 uh, format. Format. However, at the 10 a.m. service, this service, we will be having uh, Sunday school in a children's church uh, format type for uh, grades K through the 6th grade. Uh, nursery, we'll be having nursery only at the 10 a.m. service. Amen. And then our online uh, live is also at the 10 a.m. service. So don't forget that. Uh, just a reminder, don't forget the e-chat tonight at 6.30. Amen? Well, hap happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers. Amen? We're so glad that you're all here. Amen? And we want to honor a very special mother today. We want Sister Myers to come. And Don't you love Sister Myers? Amen? The writer of Proverbs, he posed this question. Who can find a virtuous woman? Her, her price or her worth is far above rubies. Amen. Well, we've got a whole church of virtuous women, but we found a very, very special lady in our pastor's wife, Sister Amy Myers. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. And we just want to give you this token of appreciation 
tell you how much we love and appreciate you and your walk with the Lord. She's going to speak later, so we'll let her be seated right now. She'll be speaking to us. Amen. God bless our pastor's wife, Sister Amy. Amen. So special. Praise God. Well, right now our usher's going to come. We're going to wait on you for our Sunday morning tithe and offering. Hallelujah. Praise God. And let's all pray and ask the Lord to bless our offering this morning. Jesus, we love you, Lord. We're so thankful for your goodness and for your blessings in our lives. Lord, we just pray that you're going to take this offering today and bless it once again. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody say, Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you this morning as you give. Lord, we thank you for bringing us all into this place today, God. One mind and one accord. For keeping us safe and bringing us through one more day. Jesus, you've kept us through this time, God. And we know that there's a reason for it. So we thank you, God. Let's begin to worship him.
generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. May his favor be upon you and a thousand
mighty name, Jesus. Lord, you are great and greatly to be praised. We worship you, Lord. Thank you for your favor, Lord. Thank you for your presence. We exalt you, Lord. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that this great God that we serve is a God of multiple generations? His favor is upon your children and your children's children. I'm so thankful for the promise of the Holy Ghost that we read about in Acts chapter 2. And he said, this promise is unto you and to your children and for those that are afar off. How many can raise your hand and say, you were afar off? Amen. Wow. That's the vast majority, but the Holy Ghost found us. God found us. The Spirit of the Lord reached us. Amen. We welcome you to East Wind Pentecostal Church this morning. We're so glad uh, that you are here. And of course, this is a special day, Mother's Day. And so we're glad that you have uh, joined us here in the auditorium uh, for our second service this morning. And uh, if you're watching online, we're so glad that you have joined in as well. We want to say a big thank you to all of our ushers and greeters and uh, our staff that's working so hard. Uh, we have people that are working in between each service and sanitizing all the places that you possibly touched. And we are having a great team that's here to help and to serve our music and worship team and all of our support staff. And we have such a great family here at East Wind Pentecostal Church. So why don't we give all of our support staff and all of our great team of workers a big hand. Amen. God is good. So we're so happy today. Sister Amy Myers, my, my wife and whom I'm well pleased, is, is here to help us this morning. And uh, this is our maiden voyage of preaching together at East Wind. Now, we have done marriage seminars together at other churches. We were doing one here and then COVID-19 came in and changed everything, but we are going to um, speak together, and we had such a great time in our 8 o'clock service. Um, we spoke for about an hour, didn't we? Well, one of us did. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the way it works right there. You got a little taste of it. It's just for fun. But we're going to read one verse, and you're hearing Matthew chapter 13 and verse 44. And I want to say we're excited about this week and all the great feedback that we've had from everyone yes. that's enjoying this nightly 7 p.m. Now, tonight is at 6.30 with Brother John Wolfram, uh, who was our missionary to Vietnam and uh, was a Navy SEAL. It was a great testimony. We're going to be showing some of that tonight. But then, uh, of course, Brother Bruce Howell on Monday night. Tuesday night, Brother Nathan Herod, who is still quarantined in Spain, he's actually sending us a video of him preaching in his apartment in Spain, where he's still quarantined, but uh, what a powerful evangelist and uh, missionary he is in Barcelona. You're going to enjoy that Tuesday night. Wednesday night, Brother Brian Abernathy, who's very uh, gifted and very learned in prophecy, is going to be speaking to us prophetically about where we are as a church. He's our director of promotions for Global Missions. And then Thursday night, Brother Corbin from Bangladesh, you're going to be enjoying that. And of course, Friday night, Brother Charles Robinette, who is in Berlin, Germany. And uh, he has been preaching from his apartment until the neighbors complained. And they have come and shut him down. Now they have a special patrol 
that's monitoring just his apartment so that he doesn't get too loud. So he says, I'm going to still film. If I have to go stand in a park and film, you're going to be hearing from Brother Robinette on Friday night from Berlin, Germany. We're going to have a great time. Amen. Amen. And then next week is going to be eternity. It's going to be great. We're going to actually, um, Brother uh, Dylan Morgan has been so kind to get us connected with Brother Lee Stone King. We're supposed to be interviewing him next Sunday night um, as we kick off this uh, week of um, great prophetic words that you're going to hear from uh, individuals. Brother Josh Heron will be talking about baptism on Monday night. That's the following week. So, thankful to Brother Tyler Ritchie and Brother Stephen DeBolt and all of our great technology team. Haven't they done a great job to keep us all connected? They're amazing. Brother Morgan, all of our staff, has been amazing. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field which when a man hath found he hideth and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath and buyeth that fieldeth don't you love the King James Version if amen Matthew 13 44 we want to talk this morning on this subject the hidden treasure the hidden treasure sister Amy you want to leave us in prayer Bow your heads. Jesus, thank you for this wonderful thank day. You, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity to come together, to worship together, to pray together, to lift up your name. I pray an anointing upon this church, upon this day, that you would be with us, go before us. Lord, we give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone say amen. 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 God bless you. you may be seated. I love this verse and I know you've probably heard me talk about it before. It's very special to Sister Amy and I because when we were dating, I was trying to get my courage up to ask her to marry me, and she's a very intimidating person, <laughs> and I was very fearful, and so I was trying to get my courage up to uh, ask her to marry me, and I was uh, praying and fasting and reading my Bible. Not that I don't do those things at other times. But, you know, it was a really concentrated effort for sure. And so the Lord directed my attention to uh, this verse. And as I read it, the Lord uh, just spoke to my heart, not in an audible voice, but just in my spirit, and said, I have given you a treasure. And oh, how right he was and is. And as I continued reading, I saw that the man, um, once he discovered the treasure, he had to buy the field. And so I tried to figure out what that meant, buy the field. So I figured that meant the engagement ring. I needed to buy the engagement ring. So I went to the jewelry store in the mall, and I started looking at the rings. And when I started looking at them, I thought, well, maybe the field is not the ring, because <laughs> rings are really, really expensive. So I left the jewelry store, and I went down the hall to the food court. And I thought I would eat and think about it, because I do some of my best thinking when I'm eating. So I thought I would eat and then read the Bible again. So I, I broke out my... Uh, Bible, which was probably my iPhone, and was looking at the scripture again, thinking maybe it said something different than what I... Have you ever felt that way before? You're like, you read a verse, and then you're like, surely it doesn't mean that. So you go back and you read it again, hoping that it'll say something different, you know, but it's still the same thing. So I finally um, went back to um, the mall and uh, the jewelry store and, and, and bought the ring and got the courage to ask Amy to marry me. And she said yes on a cold night in 
New York City while ice skating at Rockefeller Center at Christmas time almost 18 years ago. Three kids, two dogs, two cats, and several goldfish. And countless laughs and joys along the way. But recently, this verse, as we were uh, reading it, it started speaking to us in several different ways. And so we want to share with you this morning really what this verse has been speaking to us about afresh from a different perspective than what we saw it almost 18 years ago. So one of the things, this verse, the way it speaks to us, we noticed that it says when you buy the field, we figured, we looked at it and said it. Not only do you buy the field, but then you buy all of the challenges that come with that field. It says, here is a treasure. And the Bible says, this treasure is found in a field. And a man goes and searches, and he finds that treasure. And he goes and sells all that he has and buys the field. Now suddenly, he finds out there are a few other things he got with that package when he bought that field. Suddenly, he finds out that he bought some rocks, some weeds. He might have bought some spiders that are in that field. Now, there's a treasure there somewhere in the middle of that field, but it's going to be some raccoons and mice and maybe some possums or a skunk or, <laughs> or, or you know, some poison ivy or a dead tree that's fallen in that field. And perhaps he realized he bought some garbage when he bought that field. He might have bought some lizards when he bought that field. He might have bought something that was not very pleasant at first. And you see, if you want the treasure, you have to buy the field because every treasure has a field. Scholars say that Jesus was the man and Israel was the treasure and the world was the field. And Jesus redeemed the whole world just to save Israel. Amen. Aren't you thankful for that? You see, when you buy the field, the blessings and benefits are the treasure, but the trials and the tests, that's the field. The signs and the wonders those are the treasure. The miracles, that's treasure. But it comes with prayer, fasting, sacrifice. That's the field. You see the power of Pentecost? That's your treasure. But the field is the, the pain of Pentecost. Sometimes we may want Christ the Savior, but Christ the Lord of everything, that is the field. The Bible says that God hath made this same Jesus, both Lord and Christ. You see, salvation is your treasure. Hallelujah. But the Lordship is the field. And one of the verses that teaches us that is found in Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 12. And those say, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Teaching, you may ask? Teaching? Yes, teaching. Because, so you see, grace sets up the classroom. 
We have some lessons to learn, some things to learn there in that class. But sometimes we're eager, like a first day of school, to get the grace of God. But yet, when we find out all of those course requirements, we end up dropping the class. You know, speaking of field, I remember when we were looking at property to build this church, we had a vision in our mind and in our heart for this church that we wanted to build. That was our treasure, but we had to have a field to build it in. So we started looking at different property over here. And those of you that have been around Palm Bay and Melbourne for a while, you know that it wasn't that many years ago that all this out here was just swamp. And so we found this property, but you know, the raccoons had taken over and the squirrels and, and there was a lot of uh, underbrush and, and scrub palms and all of that. But when we walked this land, we could see the treasure. You had to really look hard. It was hidden. But the treasure was in the field. And so we purchased the land because we wanted the treasure. We wanted to build the church. And so once we got the field cleared, we could start to build it. But one thing we have learned is that you have to keep clearing the field. If you leave the field alone, everything will come back. And if we are not here keeping all the bushes cut back and keeping the raccoons and the squirrels at bay, they want to keep coming and taking back over. They want to take over our treasure, this church. So we have to cut everything back and we have to keep everything cleared out. But when we bought the field, we saw that we could now acquire the treasure. You see, for you and I, we have to remember that the church is a treasure. Your relationship with God is a treasure. Your marriage is a treasure. Your home is a treasure. Your children are a treasure. Your family is a treasure. And yes, on Mother's Day, your mother is a treasure. But every treasure has a field. And sometimes the field hides the treasure. There's no church that per that's perfect. Even as great as I'm sure I'm partial, but as great as I feel the East Wind Pentecostal Church is, it has a field. It's not perfect. But you remember when you first came to church and you felt the presence of God and you had goosebumps and glory bumps that were on top of your goosebumps and you felt God and you felt his anointing and everybody was so friendly and people were in the foyer shaking your hands in the welcome center. They were giving you gifts and everything was so beautiful and you just felt this, this breath of fresh air. It was a treasure and it still is a treasure. But now that you've been here a while, you have learned that the treasure has a feel. There's real people here. Sometimes as humans, we don't always demonstrate the treasure. Sometimes you see the field. You see the mice and you see the weeds and you're like, what was wrong with him today? Well, I didn't like the way he looked at me. What did the preacher mean by that? Somebody says something that hurts your feelings. That's the field. Somebody may take your parking spot. Not right now, but when we get back to. That's the field. Somebody wears your same dress on Mother's Day. Somebody accidentally coughs on you. Oh, that's the field. Somebody tries to shake your hand. Or somebody doesn't shake your hand. Right now you're in trouble either way, no matter what you do. But there's a treasure in the field. The presence of God is a treasure. The power of God 
in this place is a treasure. The healing virtue of God is a treasure. The peace of God is a treasure. And sometimes people see the field and they forsake the treasure for the field. They thought, well, when it was just a treasure, I was good. But now that I see that there's a field involved, I'm not interested. Well, the man in the Bible had more sense than that because he bought the field because he wanted the treasure. It wasn't the field that he was in love with. It was the treasure that was in the field. And the treasure may be hidden in the humanity because we're all human beings and we're all flawed and we make mistakes and we are fields. But guess what? There is a treasure that's in the field. And don't let the field talk you out of the treasure because God has a treasure for you and for your home and for your family. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we begin in verse 3, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. See, if you're lost, you don't see it. All you see is the field. You don't realize the treasure. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, because we're the field. But Christ Jesus the Lord, there's the treasure, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, he's revealing now, the treasure has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Here it is. He explains it very clearly. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. We're the field. We're just earthen vessels. But there is a treasure. What is that treasure? That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side. That's the field. Yet not distressed. That's the treasure. We are perplexed. That's the field. But not in despair. That's the treasure. We are persecuted. That's the field. But not forsaken. That's the treasure. We are cast down. But not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. That the life also of Jesus might be made manifest. Or become visible. God is wanting this hidden treasure to become visible but until you buy the field you don't see it for what it is see my friend everybody has a field you have a field I have a field the church has a field we all have flaws the Bible says he's put a treasure in earthen vessels this treasure is not in a sterile environment it's not in pristine condition it's not in uh, the midst of perfect people it's in a field a field where there's weeds and mice and some dead trees and some garbage and maybe some ants and wasps I'm not sure when to stop with the s on wasps you just keeps you just keep hissing until you've got the s covered wasps plural and bees how many of you hate wasps and bees but they're in the field aren't they and you know sometimes things are said that sting and hurt sometimes our words can hurt sometimes a statement can be made that lodges in our spirit and the weeds start to grow buy the field anyhow don't let anything lodge in your spirit that's going to cause you to lose the treasure 
Oh, my friend, you got to say, I don't care if everybody quits the church, I'm still going to hold on to my treasure. You can't offend me out of the church. You can't say something that's caused me to lose my salvation. I made up in my mind, God has given me a treasure, and it doesn't matter what the condition of the field is. I'm going to buy it because I want the treasure. A few weeks ago, we were interviewing Brother Arnold, and he was talking about his ministry and his life of more than 50 years in the gospel and I said to him at the very end some of you may have seen it he I said brother Arnold what would you do different if you could just roll back time 50 years ago and what would you do different And he said you know I don't think I would allow things to stay in my spirit I wouldn't be, stay offended I would let things go quicker and easier because I want to protect the treasure Oh, my friend, I hope you realize God has given us a treasure in earthen vessels. The touch of God is a treasure. The church is a treasure. And I want the treasure. So I'm willing to buy the field. You know, when the Lord first showed me this verse 18 and a half years ago as it related to you and I getting married, I have to be honest with you and confess in front of all these people that I really did not want to buy the ring. I wanted the treasure, but I didn't want the ring. I did. <laughs> I wanted both. <laughs> I didn't understand how much the ring would cost. I would go to buy the ring and they say, you want to buy a ring that's about four and a half months salary. I said, says who? Is this like some sort of jewelry conglomerate committee that decides this? They say, well, you're marrying someone very beautiful, right? And I said, yes. And they said, well, you've got to have a beautiful ring to put on that beautiful hand. And I was like, okay. Amen. It seemed like so much money for something so small. But I wanted the treasure. So I bought the field. Little did I know that that was just the beginning of buying the field. You have to maintain the field. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, some people look at these last 40, 50 days and they're like, man, we have gone through 40 days of fire. And you may feel like that. We've had all these things taken out of our lives, things that we love to do, like eating out. You know, people say, I never realized how much I enjoyed getting a haircut until I couldn't get a haircut anymore. And it's like everyone is ready to get out of the house. We've all been cooped up. People are flying around in every direction. You go into the parking lot at Home Depot and you have to look all the way around. You need a 360-degree camera to keep from getting hit because everybody's like a bunch of mice that have been left, let out and they're all running and scurrying in different directions. And you're like, wow, this has really been a difficult time. It's been a time of... A lot of different things coming at us from different directions. But in every field there's a treasure. And every cloud has a silver lining. And I hope you didn't miss the treasure of slowing down and having time to spend with your family. Slowing down and developing a stronger relationship with God. So many times people say, we're too busy, I can't, I want to do it, I just don't have the time. Well, you had the time. For the past two and a half months. 
That was your treasure. It was a gift from God. Now, it was hidden. It was hidden in all the chaos and, and all the stuff going on around us. But as you get closer to God, the treasure becomes more visible. And hopefully, through these last several weeks, we've learned, we've taught our flesh a spiritual lesson. That life does not consist of what you eat or what you drink, but it's every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Buy the field, my friend, for the treasure is in the field. You can look at things, you can look at circumstances, and you can see them as liabilities and burden and pain and problems. But if you buy the field, I promise you, you'll find a treasure. Amen. Well, I'd like to tell you that marriage is a treasure and a field. So when you're dating and you can hardly wait to see each other and you can hardly wait to talk to each other on the phone. I know when, when my husband and I were dating, I would drive down from Tallahassee down to Palm Bay to be here on the weekends. And it's like a, about a five-hour drive. Sometimes I'd make it in four and a half. <laughs> Because the pedal to the metal to get here to see him. And it just would seem like it would go by so fast. And it would just be a few minutes and I would be here. But then when I had to drive to go home, it take me like, seemed like 10 hours to get home because you're driving away. And so it's a treasure just to be able to be together. But then you get married and sometimes you might see a mouse, a mouse run across the field you know, a raccoon scurry across the field. You see some weeds over in the field. And we would play board games. And I'd see a mouse run across the field. <laughs> and I learned early on that my husband does not like to lose. <laughs> Any time. <laughs> and neither do I. So that was fun. <laughs> but I also learned that he's a very disciplined man. And he's very focused, and he will not stop until he gets it done. He likes to, he loves to check off boxes off that list. So sometimes what you may think is a briar in that field. He thought, I was a treasure, but I also have a field. And I'm sure that he saw some things that might have seemed more field than treasure. But ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> you don't throw away the treasure just because it's in the field. Sometimes folks will throw away the treasure when they see the field, and then they look to find someone else, and they think they see a treasure there, then they see that field, and then there's just, it's just, it's easy to kind of get caught up in that field. Sometimes you may look at someone, and you may meet someone, and you see is just field. It's hard to see. All you see is mice. All you see is weeds. But you learn their heart. You see their kindness. You develop a relationship with them. And you learn of their treasure. It might be hid. And you might have to dig for it and go on a treasure hunt. Anybody ever gone on a treasure hunt? Trying to find that treasure. But it's there. Families and mothers are treasures and fields. Today is Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all our moms. We're so honored that you're here with us today at Eastwind. And if you have a mother that loves God, she's a treasure. But no doubt, there's a field. You may say, I remember when 
I was young, and my mom would take out that rod of correction out of her purse. <laughs> that wooden spoon. That's what we called it, the rod of correction. <laughs> or she would make me do the dishes and clean the house, or she would send me to bed if I didn't eat all my Brussels sprouts. I'd go to bed hungry. She might have a temper, or, but remember, she entered the jaws of death just to give you life. <laughs> She's a treasure, but she may also have a field. Don't throw away that relationship because of the field. She might be overprotective, and she might be sensitive. You may feel she overreacts at times. But think of all the things that she does, all the love, all the care. She takes care, washes you clothes, and cooks dinner and cleans for you. And she may not be perfect, but there is a treasure there in that mother. She is a treasure, and she is your treasure. So don't throw away that f treasure just because of a field. Don't throw it away because of the, the mice, the raccoons, and the weeds. You may have a father that may be not have, you might be stubborn or hard-headed. You might see a raccoon run across that field. You might see some weeds but he's working hard to provide for you, to pay the bills, keep the family fed. Don't give up on that treasure just because you might see a weed or two. If you're sitting with your parents today, if you have your mom or you're sitting by them, look over at your mom or your parents and tell them, there is a treasure there, but there is also a field. And if you're sitting next to your spouse, you can do the same thing. You look at your spouse and say, there is a treasure there, but there is also a field. Amen. You know, the Bible has a lot of examples of this principle. Moses was a great man, but he had a field. He had a temper. Noah was a great treasure, but he had a field. We see his weaknesses being made manifest as soon as the flood's over. Paul was a treasure, but he had a field. And you believe he took a Jewish vow when he should not have. Peter was a treasure, but he was impetuous. He was human. He had a field. What's interesting is that Jesus did not give up on any of these people because they had flaws. Aren't you glad about that? Aren't you glad Jesus didn't give up on us? He bought the field. He went searching for Peter, even after Peter had denied the Lord three times. He saw the treasure, and yet he bought the field. And so if you have a relationship with a friend or a family member, you have a treasure, but I can promise you the treasure is in the field. And while some people may spend their entire life trying to find a treasure without a field, I'm here to tell you that it simply does not exist. You buy the field, and you'll find there's a treasure in the field. Now, there's coming a day when we're going to all make it to heaven. I'm believing and praying. And that is going to be a treasure without a field. But while we're on this earth, and while we're wearing flesh and walking in shoe leather, this treasure is going to have a field. But I'm thankful for a God that doesn't give up on us, and we should not give up on each other. Now, the verse in our text says that the treasure was found, and then it was buried. Now, I want to explore that for just a moment. The treasure was buried. Why was it buried? It was buried so that it would be protected. They found something of value. They found the treasure. And they said, we want to secure it 
we want to protect it, so we're going to bury it. Of course, you've heard about buried treasure, no doubt, all of your life. We, we hear about these different islands where these pirates are supposed to have buried treasure, you know. And they've been looking for it for all these years. But you know what, ladies and gentlemen? The principle of buried treasure reveals to us that when you see that something is of value, you try to protect it. Now watch what the Bible says. David said, thy word, referring to the Lord's word, have I hid in my heart that I would not sin against thee. David recognized that the word of God was valuable, so he said, I'm going to hide it in my heart, or I'm going to protect it by putting it in my spirit. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23 says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents. His parents hid him. Why did they hide him? The Bible says because they saw he was a proper child. They recognized that he, their son Moses, was a treasure. And so they hid him. And they were not afraid of the king's commandment because they had a treasure, so they were going to protect it. His parents did what all of us should do. We must protect what is valuable. You see, my friend, if you view yourself the way that God views you, you will see that you are a treasure. That you have a soul that is a treasure. And when you realize that you have this soul, this spirit, this that is within you, it's hidden by the flesh, it's hidden by the frailty of the flesh and by the mistakes of the flesh, but there is within all of us this treasure. We were created in the image of God. When you recognize that you have a treasure within you, you'll protect it. You'll protect your eyes. You'll protect your spirit. You'll protect your mind. You'll protect your emotions. You're going to say, I'm not going to let anything come in here that's going to contaminate and destroy the treasure. It's valuable, so I'm going to hide it. I pray that you will treasure your family. I pray that you will treasure your faith, and I pray that you will protect it. Your children are a treasure. Protect them. We do not apologize here at Eastwind that we're going to protect our children because they are a treasure. Your parents are a treasure. Protect them. Your spouse is a treasure. Protect your spouse. Don't put them in circumstances that could harm their soul. Your spouse is not the object of ridicule and criticism for your own personal enjoyment or for the enjoyment of your friends. No, my friend, your spouse is a treasure. Treat them as a treasure. Protect your children. Don't expose them to everything. You shouldn't let anybody talk negative about your children. Now, yes, sometimes children misbehave, but in terms of who they are at their core, you've got a treasure. Find a way to protect that treasure. Your church is a treasure. Don't let anybody talk bad about your church. If somebody says they don't like East Wind, you need to find someplace else to go because you've got a treasure that you're going to protect. You're not going to let anybody talk to you and run down your treasure. So you remove yourself from that environment because you say, I don't want these ears uh, to hear. I don't want anything talking bad about my treasure. Oh, hallelujah. And my friend, can I just say this for what it's worth? God has blessed us so that we've been able to remodel this church without going into debt. 
Will you recognize that this building is a treasure? Will you recognize that this place is the combination and the culmination of years and years of generations sacrificing so that we would have a beautiful place to come? Let's not just come and, and knock doors around and throw trash around and bring drinks into the sanctuary and act like this is a movie theater. Oh no, my friend, this is the house of God and if you honor it, He'll honor you. It's a treasure and we're going to protect the treasure. And the presence of God is a treasure. So protect it. Protect it. Protect it with your faithfulness. Protect it with your praise. Do you realize that you protect the treasure of God's presence when you praise and worship God? When we come in here and we worship God, we don't just do it for our sake. We do it because we're protecting the treasure. The blessings of God are a treasure. So protect it with your giving and with your sacrifice. The Bible says in Acts chapter 8 that the man from Ethiopia was a keeper of the treasure of Candace. Candace was the queen of Ethiopia. He made all his way to Jerusalem, all across that desert. He wanted to see what Solomon had built. He understood, because of his profession, how to protect a treasure. He recognized that Jerusalem was a treasure. So the Bible said he was come to worship. He didn't say, I'm going to just come and see it and be an eyewitness. He said, I'm going to come and I'm going to worship in Jerusalem because there's a treasure there. He brought gifts. He protected the treasure with his generosity. And he was amazed at their faith and he treasured their faith. And so he protected that by reading the word of God. And when he was reading Isaiah, the Lord pulled Philip out of a revival in Samaria and dropped him in the desert on the Gaza Strip so that he could explain to him what he was reading. You know why? Because God saw that he treasured the things of God. Ladies and gentlemen, that if you'll value the things that are important to God, God God will bless the things that are important to you. Oh, you ought to lift your hands and thank the Lord right now for the treasure that He has hid. I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for your spirit, Lord. And we want to protect it, Lord, with our praise and with our lives and with the principles that you have put in our heart. In the name of Jesus. So the second thing we learned that happens when you buy the field it's the greatest thing is you get more than just the treasure you see in the story of ruth and boaz it's a beautiful illustration of what jesus did for us elimelech and his wife naomi went to the land of moab to make a living and when they were there they had two sons malon and chilion and they both married moabite women their names were ruth and orpah Elimelech and Malon and Chilion all pass away, and Naomi returns back to Judea to the village of Bethlehem. And Naomi had something very special. Naomi had a field. So she needs to put the field up for sale. And as Israel, in Israel, they have a custom that when a man dies without children, the nearest relative will marry that woman and raise up the children so that her family name would not disappear. So when Naomi puts up the field for sale, she does something that's very special. She attaches Ruth's name to the deed. Though this is where Boaz comes into the picture. He's a very wealthy man, and he sees Ruth, and he wants to marry her. But there's a problem. There's a man that still lived who was closer relative to 
uh, to Naomi and Ruth than what Boaz was. So Boaz goes to him, and we are told what he has to offer. We read what happens in Ruth chapter 4, verses 3 and 5. He said to this close relative, Naomi, who has come back from the country of Moab, sold a piece of land which belonged to our brother Elimelech. And I thought to inform you, saying, Buy it back in the presence of the inhabitants and the elders of my people. If you'll redeem it, redeem it. But if you will not redeem it, then tell me that I may know, for there is no one but you to redeem it, and I'm next in line after you. And the man says, I'll redeem it. Then Boaz says, oh, by the way, on the day you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you must also buy it from Ruth, the Moabitess, and she's the wife to the dead. So to perpetuate the name of the dead through his inheritance, you're going to have to marry her. And Boaz says to the elders, this is in verse 9, and all the people, you are witness this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's and all that was Chilion's and all that was Malon's from the hand of Naomi. Moreover, Ruth the Moabitess, the widow of Malon, I have acquired as my wife to perpetuate the name of the dead through his inheritance, that the name of the dead may, be, may not be cut off from among his brethren and from his position at the gate. You are a witness this day. So you see that Ruth was the treasure, but Boaz literally had to buy the field to get what he really wanted. And what's so special is that you see that Boaz is a type and shadow of Christ. He is our kinsman redeemer. We were the Gentile bride that needed redemption. No one, there wasn't anyone that was qualified to be that sacrificial lamb to die for our sins. The only person that could do it was Jesus. Everybody say amen to that. Thank you, Jesus. We see in Isaiah chapter 63, verse 5, he says, And I looked, and there was none to help, and I wondered that there was none to uphold. Therefore, mine own arm brought salvation unto me, and my furry upheld it. You see, ladies and gentlemen, when you buy the field, you get Jesus. And when you get Jesus, you get more than anything you ever thought you were going to get. Amen. I heard a story about a man who bought a field for this stand of hardwood trees that were growing on it. And unbeknownst to him, when he went to harvest those trees, there was a mother load of gravel that was there. And that became much more valuable than what the trees were worth. So he began to excavate that gravel. And as he was excavating that, he struck oil. And boy, was he ever happy he bought that field. You see, when you get Jesus, you get a lot of things. You get not only the answer to the question that you have, but you get answers to all the questions you have. 
right? You don't just get life, but you get life more abundantly, the Bible tells us. He says you don't just get life today when you get Jesus, but you get everlasting life. You don't just get a little bit of happiness, but he gives you joy unspeakable and overflowing. Hallelujah. You don't just get a little bit of relief from that current situation, that current sin, but he gives you victory over that sin. Not only does he give you just a few friends, he gives you an entire spiritual family. Amen. Someone here today may be thinking, okay, I bought a field, but I haven't found that treasure yet. Don't give up. Keep digging. It's there. And when you're going through a crisis, when you're going through a situation, you're going to find that Jesus is there for you. Amen. Amen. The last thing that we want to talk to you about today is, again, found in this single verse that we read in our text. It says that the man purchased the field with joy. It simply says, and for joy thereof, going and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth the field. The joy was connected to the buying of the field. It doesn't say that he hid the treasure with joy. It says he bought the field with joy. And no doubt the purchase of the field was based on the hope of the treasure. But it was part of the purchase of the field that brought the joy. The amazing thing about this hidden treasure is that you find joy that's not only tied to the good it's not only tied to the treasure but the joy is in the purchasing of the field also the joy is in the journey and that seems counterintuitive as we tolerate the field we would think to experience the joy of the treasure and yet the Word of God gives us a little hint that there's joy in purchasing the field. and it's a joy that supersedes all others because It's a joy that's constant. This is what happens when you serve the Lord. You don't ride the roller coaster of ups and downs based on circumstances. It's just joy. The treasure, the field, the good, the bad, virus, no virus. Joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. How does that work? How is it that the joy is not only in the treasure... But it's in the field also. Well, Jesus was the example for this. And again, we look to the Word of God to give us clarity on this principle. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So once again, we see that symmetry. He's the beginning and the end. He's the treasure and the field. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For Jesus, he endured the cross, and he endured the shame, and he did it with joy, because he realized that it was the path to the promise and to the purpose of his mission. 
You see, my friend, the joy is not always revealed. It's not always clearly seen. It's, it's hidden because it oftentimes is wrapped in adversity and it's wrapped in trials and it's, it's wrapped in suffering and you wonder why and how am I to find any joy in this? I don't know. It's hard for us to explain on Friday why we lost two good friends. One man to the virus, Eli Hernandez, who was a great evangelist, one of the kindest, most powerful used men in this 21st century, preached all over the world, preached at our church here a couple of times, and was not sure whether he should go to Chicago to preach that men's conference around the middle of March, but he went ahead and did it. He didn't want to cancel, and he contracted the virus while he was there. For the last 40, 50 days has been fighting for his life in a VA hospital in Nevada. Friday night at 10.35 p.m., the Lord took him home. Why? God, this would be an excellent time for you to heal a man of God and to show that you're more powerful than the virus. This seems like, in my mind, it's a very easy solution. But I have learned that my will is oftentimes not God's will. God has a higher plan. God has a higher purpose. And God's got something special for Sister Kathy and their daughter. And the outpour of love around our organization of churches has been amazing for this family. But also on Friday, we lost another friend of ours who's a friend in the Bible quiz community. A man who pastored in Texas by the name of Rick Perry. Who did not have the virus but ran into the back of an 18-wheeler and died suddenly on the same day. Pastored a church, was a quiz master, wrote questions, has been a part of our quiz community. I don't understand how these things happen. I don't always understand the field. But here's what I do know. I found that there's joy in every circumstance when I back away from it and I say, not my will, but thy will be done. There is a joy in knowing that this life is just the dress rehearsal, that there's an eternity, that there's a God who has welcomed our friends home on streets of gold. I don't understand why people get sick. I don't understand why people die. I don't understand why children are hurt. But here's what I do know. I know that one day he's going to dry the tear from every eye. And one day it's going to be worth it all. So when I think of the goodness of Jesus, and all he's done for me. I find joy in the journey. I find joy in the purchasing of the field. Stand to your feet if you would. First Peter 4 and 12 says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice. Peter is telling us to rejoice in the fiery trial. To not think that something strange has happened to you. How are we to do this, Peter? Inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings. He said, Jesus is the model and you are part and parcel to his suffering. When you go through trials, you have got to get this revelation. When you go through trials, you are close to Jesus. Because he suffered. But he endured the cross, despising the shame. And when you and I go through times of question and times of difficulty, 
And we say, I'm going to keep going anyhow because he is my strength and he has given me a song in the midst of the trial. I'm close to the heartbeat of Jesus. That when his glory shall be revealed. Now here's where we get joy. It says, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. I got joy in the trial because I know when I go through the trial, I'm going to come through the trial. And then when the glory is revealed and it all makes sense. And one day when we sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob uh, and everything makes perfect sense, uh, it's going to be exceeding joy. It was just joy here because it was joy in anticipation of the treasure. But one day when it's all revealed and the hidden treasure is obvious to all, it's exceeding joy. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. Doesn't that seem counterintuitive? Happy are ye. For the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. That you're going to be hated for my name's sake. But we take joy in it. Because that means the spirit of God resteth upon us. On their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. You see, my friend, the joy is hidden in a quiet spirit of contentment, peace. It's not always shouting from the rooftop. It's not always running the aisles. It's a joy that just allows you to lay your head on a pillow at night and go to sleep. A joy that gives you hope, a joy that gives you purpose. Sometimes you can't quantify these things with the metrics and the measuring that we have in our culture. The third epistle of John, verse 4, says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. I have no greater joy. You can't buy that with money, that your children would walk in truth. You could be a multi-billionaire and not have that joy can't get that joy with a 10,000 square foot home can't get that joy with the mechanisms of this culture but it's a joy that comes from the Lord to say I thank you Lord that you have blessed me with a treasure it's a joy that just simply says in the midst of a trial it is well it is well with my soul how a man could stand over the bow of a boat and see a spot in the ocean where he lost his family and write that song it is well it is well with my soul where does that come from oh my friend that doesn't come from human discipline that doesn't come from human accolades that comes from deep down inside of a God that created you and can fill the void that only he can fill it's a peace that surpasseth all understanding it's a joy in the midst of the struggle the treasure and we treasure it we should treasure those that God has put in our lives we should treasure our spiritual leaders we should tre treasure our youth leaders our parents see Hebrews 13 says obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls as they that must give an account watch this that they may do it with joy See, my friend, this joy is a two-way street. When you treasure those that God has put in your life, and they treasure you, 
The joy is a two-lane highway. It interconnects. Profitable when those that watch over you can do it with joy. And it's easy to do with joy when you feel valued, when we express how much we appreciate each other. I'm so thankful for this church body. I'm so thankful that we are our brother's keeper. And that we're all staying connected and we're checking on each other. And when somebody in this body is hurting, we all rally to them. What a treasure that is. And I feel this in my spirit. I feel that God is wanting to give us some joy right now. God is wanting to put some treasure that's already in your field, but He's wanting to reveal it to you so you'll get the revelation that He's not forsaken you, that He's not forgotten you. The treasure has been there all along. But it's going to be unwrapped and revealed. And there's going to be a joy that comes with it. I believe that there is some hidden treasure in this altar. Here's what I want to ask you to do this morning. I wonder if we could just, as a family, if you're here with your spouse or you're here with your children, I want to ask you to just come from where you're standing and come down to the front. And I want to pray over all of our families. And maybe if you're here this morning, you have no family, but you know of friends. You've got some close friends, and you want to come down and stand with them. I want us to come down together. And I want us to stand together, and I want us to, for just a moment, ask God to reveal to all of us this great treasure. This great treasure that's not far off somewhere at the end of a mystical rainbow. No, my friend. It's so close. It's right there. Maybe if you're not here with your family, but you're here with people that you feel close to, we're going to pray one for another. We're going to pray that the Lord would open our eyes and allow us to see the treasure that He has given us. The treasure called the family of God. The treasure of families that He has connected us with. This is beautiful. we got room here in the middle. If some of you want to come down. I want us to just pray together. Let's just join together right now. And let's just begin to ask the Lord to just give us a double portion of that joy. The joy comes with the revelation of the treasure. Would you do that right now? Would you just pray for one another? And would you pray for your own spirit and your own heart? Say, Lord, I thank you for the treasure. I thank you for the treasure. Let it be revealed right now in the name of Jesus. By the anointing of the Holy Ghost. That's it. Oh, thank you, Lord.
All of the 